Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast, episode 508. Today, we're going to look at Las Vegas because pricing is out. We can look at the trucks, we can look at Xfinity, we can look at Cup, but we've got to be fast because there's a lot of stuff to cover. If I don't cover it all, maybe go to Brandon Cruz's YouTube page. I'm sure he's going to go over pricing in his place as well. An easy way to get there, raceforthepriz.com. If you click on live show on raceforthepriz.com, it'll take you to his page where we do live shows, but then you're in his YouTube page and you can click around and watch it as other videos videos, his other DFS picks videos, and I'm sure he'll have trucks, picks, Xfinity, picks, cups, picks, because they get the clicks, picks, get the clicks, picks, get the clicks. Where I want you to click, click is the blog. Wouldn't that be cool? The constrained vision. That's all my cool stuff. But you don't have any time for the blog this week because it's busy. You're, it's Friday morning. It's time to get down to business. We got practices for three series. These qualifies for three series. Tons of data to go over. Tons of track history. Current form. News articles. Notes to read. All kinds of information. And all of that information is available to you if you click on this red button that says Brandon Cruz DFS. That takes you to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. If you sign up to be a 40 buck a month contributor, because you appreciate the podcasts and the content that I'm providing and that Brandon Cruz is providing. You will also, in return, get access to all of our stuff. You get a Google folder that has all the spreadsheets, all the things I'm evolving and adapting every single day, the pit times, the practice times, the lap-by-lap times, the new formulas that I'm creating, the lap 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 lap averages, the real ratings, all the notes from all the previous races to provide the context to make sense of the data. Don't be a spreadsheet warrior. Don't be a spreadsheet warrior. Have the context. Watch the races. But if you don't have the time to watch all the races, listen to the podcast. Support the podcast. Read the notes. There's various different forms of notes. There's notes in the spreadsheet and there's standalone notes that provide the context for me because I watch the races over and over and over because I'm a maniac. I am a maniac and I will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. I will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst and I will be a top selling Amazon author. All right, let's look at the truck series. Kyle Busch is $15,000. $15,000 is the limit. Once again, thanks for joining me on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. If you're not checking out the podcast on those platforms, check it out. Subscribe, share, like, and thank you at YouTube. Subscribe, share, like. Kyle Busch, $15,000. That's the max. I believe in the Xfinity series. Sometimes we've gone a little bit north of $15,000 because there are more laps. I'm not going to go into the Kyle Busch explanation of can you play him, can you fade him, because I've done that. If you've been here since 2018, since we've become a solo podcast, and since we've become a solo podcast, we are that close to 100,000 downloads. Thank you, I will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. $15,000, can I afford him? Can I afford to fade him? The answer is you got to play him. I've done podcasts all about this. I'm not going to do another. You can go through the podcast archives. I can break it down. You can go through the podcast previous videos, and I go through all the optimals. Or you just save the time, get access to the spreadsheet at patreon.com slash DFS, and you can go into the 2019 Truck Series folder and look at previous optimal lineups and see for yourself was he optimal? How close was he to not being optimal? How did he score? What was the situation? TLDR, let me give you the quick answer. Just play him. Don't fade him. Just play him. That's usually my answer. And I'll give you a little bit more to that. Obviously, he's going to be fast. Obviously, he can lead laps. Obviously, he's better. I wish he had Rudy Fugel as a crew chief, but he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about Kyle Busch at all. Well, how can I afford him? There will be value. Las Vegas turns into a mess. Last year's spring race, if you watched the podcast or if you've read the notes, it's out there. You can see it. Uh, there were some big wrecks in the middle of the race. That opens the door for value. The value will be there. You'll be able to afford him. Will he be the best point per dollar play? No. You can look at previous optimal lineups and you will find out that he was never the best point per dollar play. In fact, 
Often, he scored under 5x, and I would expect him in this Las Vegas 2022 race to score under 5x, still make it into the optimal lineup, not because he's an efficient point-per-dollar play, but just based on his raw points alone and other drivers simply not scoring points and other drivers being expensive. The $10,000 drivers, these guys can score points, but they're not going to be efficient either. Do you? They have to lead laps. They have to run fast laps. Do you expect them, A, to run fast laps and be efficient in a race with Kyle Busch? Do you expect them to pile up points in a race where there could be a lot of wrecks and carnage that takes away from the flow and prevents one of these guys from leading a healthy chunky chunk or portion of the race? They also have to avoid the wrecks. Very tough for them to do. Very hard for them to score points, just as it is, it is Kyle Busch. They might be a little bit more efficient, but at the end of the day, you can still afford Kyle Busch. The other thing is, as I mentioned, a bunch of big wrecks in the middle of Las Vegas race. That opens the door for value. You can afford him. Uh, you look at last year's fall race. Watch the podcast. Read the notes. I don't know if I did a podcast or not, but I know I did notes that you can have access to if you go to Patreon and sign up there. The uh, A bunch of restarts at the end, a bunch of cars wrecking out. That opens the door for value. It will be there. He will be able to make it as long as he has an okay race. Now, we could run the shenanigans of him letting John Hunter Nemechek get the stage win. But when he did that last season, that was well into the season. He's definitely in control. I Very comfortable. Kyle Wish was running away with the race, and he let John Hunter Nemechek win the stage each time and play games. They're not really that on solid footing right now. I know it's – we don't know. We just have one race, and that's Daytona. That's a terrible you – know, indicator of where the truck program is but this early in the season Kyle Busch needs to take care of business and his biggest job in this race is not just to go out there and win and crush everybody which he's going to do he wants to go out there and win and crush everybody but he wants to go out there and see what these trucks have he doesn't want to play around he wants to test them and I don't see him playing games and I would imagine that he's going to crush and that means you really can't play John Hunter Nemechek now if you were going to fade Kyle Busch and you would play John Hunter Nemechek that's fine you're banking on two things. Kyle Busch struggling. Now, we did see last year uh, John Hernemachek won this race, and Kyle Busch had issues, though, earlier. John Hernemachek was really fast in that race. We had a couple, we had a warm up race before that at, at the, the Daytona Road Course, so there's a little bit of time to develop. You know, you obviously, you like Eric Phillips, the winningest crew chief of all time in the truck series. That's going to help John Hernemachek always. I just don't know if I really want to go there. I wouldn't completely eliminate it. You want to see how practice goes, see how we are later in the week. But John Henry Michek may have had a better car than Kyle Truck than Kyle Busch in that spring race. But you have to remember Kyle Busch did deal with some adversity in that race. I think he's lucky to get back to second place after blowing a tire. He blamed his tire issues on his team. You can go back and relive that madness. I don't see how I can get anywhere near Ben Rhodes or Zane Smith unless these guys are starting in the back. If they are starting in the back, boy, we are going to have some real trouble fitting one of these guys in with Kyle Busch. But I don't expect that to happen unless there's rain. Because if there's qualifying, these guys are going to start up front. There's just no other way around it. David, Ryan Priest, don't rule this out. This truck will be fine. Ryan Priest was not great in that Nashville race that he won, but he was, without a doubt, a top five car. The, the truck played out, the, the race played out for him in that Nashville race because he was on a different tire strategy. How do you remember the tire strategy and the pit sequencing of a Nashville race that was over eight months ago? Because I'm a lunatic. And I will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst because I can remember how a race plays out. A random Friday night truck race from eight months ago. Might even be more than eight months ago. That I haven't even watched the replay in probably six months. Yeah, So Priest had a top five car. Other cars, trucks kind of wrecked out. But he was on fresher tires and was able to really do away with Grant Infinger. Either way, he got the win. Congratulations. Got to give him credit. And I imagine he's going to get the most out of this truck. 
But if he is starting towards the front, then I cannot play him. I will not be uh, thinking about that. The, the whole David Gillen, there were times where David Gillen, and we even throw Bob Jenkins in there, who was kind of you know, the front row combination with Todd Gillen. I don't know how still strong that is. I would imagine it's still there, that kind of quasi-alliance. Well, they had some really fast trucks with Tanner Gray as well. I, I just have a hard time rostering any of these guys unless I see double-digit place. Di- I probably will need double-digit place differential. Uh, Matt Benedetto, I'm not ready to go there yet. Although, you know, you can make an argument. He's been running high downforce cars for the last couple of years, so this change to the truck series really shouldn't affect him too much. I don't know how good this Rackley equipment is. He does have a decent crew chief in Chad Johnston. Is it Chad Johnston? I think he was with Kyle Larson for some time. Had some time with uh, Tony Stewart in one shape or form. Maybe it was with SHR. Grant Infinger, that's a pretty low price for Grant Infinger. Typically, he's a $10,000, $9,000 driver, and we were even seeing him be overpriced when he was running for Cody Robaugh. So I am interested in this, but not if he's starting too close to the front. Matt Crafton at 8,500. I think we're going to start to see some decline. Matt Crafton really hasn't led laps, run fast laps, doesn't really win races. I think the last he won that race at Kansas in 2020, that might have been his last win. I don't know if he won in 2021 I, off the top of my head. I might have that in the sheet. I'm not really going to pull it up, but maybe double digits, place differential. It's not the worst price in the world. Carson Hosever. There were times where he looked like he was going to develop into a top five driver. Uh, the Nice equipment's looking better. We know Nice went through kind of that spell of, uh, we don't know really where they are. This doesn't look like the Ross Chastain super-funded Nice truck, but it's getting better. 8,400. He does have talent that he shows, but he still is a young driver that makes mistakes. We'll have to wait and see. Not really good in those Las Vegas races, but as I mentioned, they were pretty much... Early in the season, I didn't have much faith in him. And then later in the season, this thing was a pretty volatile race. Uh, if I go back through my notes, I wouldn't be surprised to see if he was involved in a wreck in that race. Let me see. Can I access the notes? Let's do it like this. I believe I got some notes here in the spreadsheet. Yeah, I do. What number is Hosever? 42, isn't he? 42 leads the field to green. Did he get involved in a wreck at any point in time? Well, there's an easier way to do this. We'll just go here. I can't remember off the top of my head when he was involved in a wreck and when he wasn't. Who cares? We got to go faster. I'm fine with Hosever. We got to go. I can't go down the Hosever route. This is something we'll have to do on another day. I'll never get to any of the other series. And I'm probably not going to get to the Cup Series. That's all right. We'll do Cup Series later on this week. Um, I am intrigued here by Majeski, but not in the Kyle Busch race. 9,200 for Ty Majeski in this. Is it ever going to happen for Majeski? Is he ever going to move past his famed, his infamous time in the 60 car for Roush? It just never seems to work out for him. Every opportunity never seems to work out. Man, I was so bullish on Ty Majeski at Pocono in 2020. And he looked great, and then it just didn't work. All right, moving on. Hugh Freeze is really cheap. We know that 2020 was the worst possible moment because, uh, no, it was a global pandemic. No, it's because they changed manufacturers. That's why 2020 was so bad for it. I mean, like, look, global pandemic, changing manufacturers during global pandemic. Come on, we all know what the real crisis was. Uh, yeah, Stuart Friesen really struggled when they switched over to, I believe it was Toyota during that time. And... 
They've made some gains, but or 2019, it looked like they might win the championship. And then pff, now you got them at 8,200. That's a really cheap price tag. I would expect him to be popular, especially if he qualifies around 10th place. He definitely has the talent. We don't know where the truck is, but we'll have a decent idea. We'll get to see the laps on the truck. And we have a little bit more time to go back through, look at previous season's intermediate track data, which off the top of my head, I believe he's probably around a top 10 driver when he wasn't wrecking. But he has had quite a knack of not finishing these races. Tyler Ankrum jumping into the Hattori car. This is too cheap. I'm not a big supporter of Ankrum. I think he has been overrated and overvalued at um, Gilliland and then at GMS. But he brings sponsorship, so he keeps getting rides. Now he's with Hattori. This is good equipment again. Hattori has won championships before. Hattori's changing drivers frequently as well, which is kind of surprising. But everybody that's jumped into these Hattori trucks, Austin Hill, Brett Moffitt, you name it, they have raced well. Who was with Hattori? Was Sauter with Brett Moffitt before? Or with Hattori? I can't remember. Either way, Hattori, that's $8,000 for a Hattori truck. That's a pretty good deal. Ingram, that's about right on his price. I think he might be a little bit better than $8,000. Tanner Gray, $7,900. i am interested. We always seem to end up on Tanner Gray. Tanner Gray is a 15th place driver. If he's starting in the back, yes. If it looks like the Gilliland front row Bob Jenkins trucks look fast, then I definitely will increase my share to Tanner Gray. I worry that you're just going to end up on Tanner Gray because he's in this price range. and He's going to have the ability to score five or ten place differential points. I don't love it. But he's definitely capable of getting solid finishes. Now, this third-place finish, if I remember off the top of my head, was a pit strategy call and pit cycling. You can probably check the notes to find that. Well, you can check the notes to find that one out. By the way, he's still getting decent finishes when he is not wrecking. And, you know, if you notice, a lot of good cars or trucks have wrecked Las Vegas. I would expect that to happen. That could happen to Kyle Busch. Kraus, I believe his price tag is just a little too much. He just has not developed after winning those Canon West Championships. Bill McNally has not been able to fund these trucks the way that he was able to overspend in the Canon series. Todd Bodine, what in the world? And I guess he's going to run a second truck for Stuart Friesen. I, I, mean, I know they started adding those trucks last year when they were doing the Dirt Series. Not interested. We have seen some of these really old drivers jump into the truck series and really do nothing and that seems like a really for a, an alternative truck which we probably shouldn't have much faith in and a guy that hasn't done laps at least he's gonna get some practice but wow brett holmes at 7400 that's too much this is an old gms truck but remember we were getting him at five thousand dollars last season six thousand dollars this seems way too early of a price bump and it may be an ownership price bump based on daytona ownership jordan anderson at 7200 if this were 2019, I would be, I don't know. This was, he was usually a little bit cheaper than this, but I would be very, I would be ready to roster him. Look, 2019, he finished 14th, 20th. As he started to be more ambitious and develop towards the Xfinity series, the funding has spread out. His trucks got bad in 2020. He was just kind of out there in 2021. He was mainly focused on the Xfinity series, and he would get his truck to the track every once in a while when he would qualify. If they're able to qualify for this race and they're fast in practice, fast enough, then maybe I will consider it. Um, one of the things I would have with a Jordan Anderson truck are the failures, but having these laps in practice might uh, alleviate some of those concerns. But ultimately, the price just seems a little too high based on what he's done recently. And I think it might be ownership based on Daytona because he's been good before. Bill McNally, Kobe Howard, 
Kobe Howard is usually a $5,000 driver. I don't know how well a second Bill McNally truck is going to be if the first Bill McNally truck wasn't very good. That seems inflated to me. I'm not really going there. Kaz Grala, Randy Young, Young Motorsports are – maybe Young's Motorsports are taking a step forward. I don't know. We've obviously seen them run well at plate tracks. We have not seen them be as competitive in your regular intermediate tracks and short tracks. But Kaz Grala is easily uh, – you can go back to Austin Hill, the year that he was with Randy Young, and they were pretty good. They're around 15th to 20th place. Kaz Grala is the most talented driver that he's had since Austin Hill. Maybe they've improved the program, even if they haven't. Remember what I've said, Las Vegas, very volatile, a lot of wrecks, just through attrition, which a young sports, young's motorsports, I hate that name, young's motorsports, just a young motorsports or young sports. Young's motorsports, I just don't understand the, the possessive there. Based on attrition, he's going to get five spots. He'll hang around in the top 20. That's not a doubt. So then you add in attrition, 15th is really a conservative estimate for Kaz Grala in this race. And then maybe, you know, the race plays out and he just runs well and he's better than what we really assume. Top 10, that might be pushing it a little much, but at $7,000, I know that $7,000 is kind of high for young, but when you factor in the race environment and you factor in that Kaz Grala has got more talent than some of these other guys, I would, like Austin Hill, you would definitely play Austin Hill at $7,000 in a young truck now. Jack Wood, we got to see in his part-time races. He just There are moments where he shined. We'll see how this goes. GMS is kind of turning into a pay-to-play operation, almost um, pay-to-play operation. It is uh, JGR Kyle Busch Motorsports Light in, that ter- in, in those regards. Like, oh, you can't afford a Kyle Busch truck? Come over here. We've got pretty good equipment. It's not junk. You can pay to get a little bit better. It's like um, you know, if you can't go to Target, you go to Walmart. Does that make sense? I don't even know if that makes sense. Maybe that makes sense. Um, and I also worry with GMS. I got to see what's going on, but really, I'm really interested to find out if their expansion into the Cup Series is going. For my money, if I had to guess, and if you had to guess as well, what do you think? Do you think that their expansion into the Cup Series with two cars is going to you know, take away from their progress in the Truck Series? And really, if you look at last season, GMS wasn't that great in the Truck Series to begin with. They were much better the season before. They were good. I mean, they do have a win with Zane Smith coming in right now, but that was a plate win. It doesn't mean anything to me. Did they scale correctly? Were they able to scale or are they just simply like, hey, we've got an opportunity. Let's get on this GMS Petty. And they just move some of their resources over and thus the truck program declines. I think the truck program is going to take a step back. And at the same time, like, these aren't great truck drivers. Also for Shateki Hattori is Chase Purdy. He got sent his exit papers, I guess, at GMS. Uh, I can't believe Hattori's got all these trucks. I, I mean, maybe they're not dealing with the Xfinity Series much this season, but we'll see. Where did all these trucks come from? Where else money come from? We'll see. Ely Deegan, last year, I think she had one top 10, rarely inside the top 20. She wrecked in both of these races last season. She's always involved in wrecks. She's always giving. She's always taking. She's too aggressive and causes wrecks, and she's built a reputation. And then she also makes mistakes and gets involved in wrecks. 
and she's also gets used up by other drivers. It really is the worst case scenario. From Danica, at least Danica didn't get used up as much, and Danica didn't use other people up as much, but she did make mistakes. Haley Deegan does all three. Does she have talent? Maybe. I don't know. You look at her wins in the bottom tier series over there in Arca West or whatever it was. They were kind of dirty. I mean, I don't know if you know, but you know, whether they're dirty or not, her wins were the result of moving people on the last lap. Whatever you think, okay? I don't care. Just know that when you say, all right, well, she's won before by moving people in the last lap. Just, okay, so let's move forward. I don't care. Maybe you like Haley Deegan. I don't care if you do or don't like her. What we can say is that she makes too many mistakes. Hopefully, she's worked on that. I haven't seen it yet. She gets involved in way too many incidents. A lot of times, they don't bring out the caution. So if you're going to racing reference or whatever, looking for a name to pop up, it's not going to. If you're watching the races then you know that she's always getting into contact and always having issues and always having to come down pit road for something or another. And you also know that whether it's deserved or not, at this point you could argue that it is deserved because of all of the encounters that she's been in, that other people don't give her the benefit of the doubt and they race her hard. Or they race her hard because she's a girl. Whatever, doesn't matter really the reason, you just need to know the fact that she gets raced hard and... It is tough to roster her until she shows me some sort of talent breakthrough, which we have not seen. But at 6,500, I would not be surprised to see her sliding into a bunch of lineups because she's cheap. Her equipment's okay. And she has this aura of, oh, she could be somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's almost kind of the same thing that we sort of said for like the Jack Woods and the Chase Purdy's last season. Is she, any that, is she that much different? She may be worse because of her situation. Brendan Poole, I don't, we don't know anything about this truck that he signed up for for this week. Uh, we do know that Brendan Poole was really good when he was running for, uh, he was decent for Rackley in the races he put together. No, he didn't do anything for Rackley. He might have done a couple for Rackley, but mainly on point motorsports, well, which was Danny Bone took that race, the truck over, and he saw that truck underperform or whatever, do what it was supposed to. And you could say that the truck did exactly what it was supposed to with Danny Bone. Danny Bone's fine. It was just that Brendan Poole was really good, really aggressive, got the most out of that on-point truck in, what year was that, 2019? So, we'll see. Uh, we'll get to see what this new truck has under. I don't know the complete ownership there. Fogelman is with Stephen Lane this week. I don't know if I really like that. And I don't really like rostering Fogelman at 6,100. Now, this might mean he's going to start closer to the back as opposed to his typical starting position of 20th-ish for Young's Motorsports. Doesn't really jump out at me. Austin Wayne Self is always this guy who is too cheap. He's going to fit in lineups. Uh, we've seen him in the optimal lineups before where he starts 15th and you're like, he's cheap. He's starting too close to the front. And then really there's just nobody else to beat him and he hangs around 15th, 17th and ends up being up. So even if Austin Wayne Self starts near the front in this race, I believe you're still going to be able to roster him. We're just going to do trucks here. Unbelievable. I was going to try to do trucks and Xfinity, and I feel like I've been pretty brief and quick as possible. And there's just no way that this thing's going to get into the Xfinity. So we'll do Xfinity separate. Whatever. But Austin Wayne Self, you're going to see him start closer to the front than you would like. But that's fine. That'll lower his ownership. Because if he starts near the back, everyone's going to play him, and he becomes chalk. And he's bad chalk because Austin Wayne Self is always wrecking. Austin Wayne Self, if he is not wrecking, he's wrecking someone else. He's making enemies. If you go back to what I talked about with Haley Deegan and her situation, AWS is in much worse of a spot. We don't hear much about him being hated in the truck series because no one talks about Austin Wayne Self. I can't tell you the last time someone mentioned Austin Wayne Self. I don't remember him being written in an article. You can Google Austin Wayne Self. Probably nothing's going to come up. 
and there aren't interviews about him or with him or by him. But if you watch these races, you know he is constantly getting involved in serious incidents, and they are revenge-based The most famous would be Gateway, where he gets wrecked and he comes back out on the truck in a damaged truck. I mean, the thing is falling apart, kind of like in iRacing. If you get wrecked and you nurse the thing back out, your sole purpose in iRacing, which is a video game, is to go out there, look at your rearview mirror. When the guy that wrecks you comes up, you pull out in front of him and you wreck that guy. It's a video game. And even in the video game, it's very unnecessary. It's very inappropriate, disrespectful. And just Bush League. Beyond that. You don't do it in a video game. Austin Wayne Self at Gateway did it in real life. Tried to. The driver saw it coming and moved out of the way. So worse than trying to possibly harm someone or their truck. Worse than that. He failed to do it. And NASCAR said park the truck. He's still out there racing. Those kind of moves everyone is aware of. Everyone knows about. There is no way. There's absolutely no way anyone in any of those garages respects Austin Wayne self. Not even Tim self. Not even Tim self himself respects Austin Wayne self. And Tim Tim self is the selflessest guy. I'm trying to find ways to say self more. I don't want to say self as much as I'm saying it. It's a little too much for myself. 5,900. He'll play close to the front. I like it. If he's in the back and he's going to get ownership because of place differential, you might want to think about fading him because he wrecks, gets involved in wrecks, and other people probably enjoy wrecking him. I would. Chris Wright, Al Nice, we'll see. There's times where Chris Wright let us down. There's times. You know, I don't, I can't get my finger on the guys. He's got tons of experience. But you, you think you would use all experience and be good, but the reason that he, I, I think he's raced a lot. It's just he's not good. Does that make sense? Um, he should have a permanent place somewhere by now. But the fact that he doesn't means that he's never been able to figure it out. He's got all this experience. He's never been able to figure it out. You can't really trust him. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Practice, at least, is going to help us understand these niche trucks. He's cheap for a niche truck. He ha- He's cheap based on his experience. But if you've been playing fantasy NASCAR truck series, you've been born, burned by Chris Wright. If you play in the Xfinity series, you've absolutely been burned by Chris Wright. And some of you have won money off of him. I don't know if I have. Blaine Perkins, 5,400. He's going to be in not the Perkins ride. He's going to be in that Cody Robar truck that really great. Infinger had great races in. Every once in a while, Cody Robar would have good finishes. And typically, those good finishes for Cody Robar, even at intermediate tracks, were in volatile, big-time wreck races. I could, uh, I can easily see the Robar truck, regardless of if it's Perkins or Robar in it, it's going to be Perkins at 5,400, surviving the wreck. If 10 to 12 cars wreck or trucks wreck out of this race, Perkins at $5,400, I like him down here. I like him more than Thad Moffat in the Rayoon truck. Now, I would expect that this would be a little better of a Rayoon truck. I don't know how good the Rayoon trucks get. We have seen Rayoon trucks get into the optimal lineups at intermediate tracks and short tracks when there are plenty of wrecks and plenty of restarts. And I would expect at Las Vegas, first race of the season, this thing to be ratcheted up a notch. Plenty of wrecks and to leave the door open. I mean, this is Richard Petty's grandson, nephew, whatever that he may be, who really hasn't done much in the ARCA series. That hasn't really opened many doors or overfunded any rides. We'll see what he looks like in practice. Uh, If I had to get, I mean, I would much rather play the robot truck over the Rayum truck. And I would lean more towards Perkins than Moffat. Perkins has a little bit more experience. Perkins, if I remember, 
Yeah, I got to go back through this. I actually did this. I remember going through tons of Perkins notes because I'm a lunatic who studies Blaine Perkins' Arco West race. I'm pretty sure he won. So going back, rewind the clock. And we go back to going into the Phoenix race, which is that short flat track-ish at times. And we're trying to find data points to analyze. Blaine Perkins had, I believe, two wins in the Arca West road course races at Utah off the top of my head. How am I pulling that out? Blaine Perkins, look it up. You want me to look it up? I'll look it up because I am a lunatic. Racing reference, and we'll look at Blaine Perkins. If I am right, he won a Utah road course race, and then he ran well. I remember um, Cruz was way off on him. I talked him into it or something along those lines. But he got a couple truck races last season. So talent-wise, at least he's won a race. I know Arca West is really nothing to hang your hat on either way. I just, I'm actually more impressed with myself for remembering this stuff. That's why you watch the podcast. That's why I will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. Because who does more? Who reads more? Who analyzes more? Who works harder? I'm not the smartest. I'm not the most intelligent. I can't design the best computer programs. I don't have the biggest website support. I don't have, and I'm not the smartest. Let me just keep saying that, right? At least that's something that kind of whatever is, uh, makes me sound better. I'm not the smartest, but I will outwork all of you. Or maybe I'm, I am the craziest. Definitely the craziest. The fact that here I am in the middle of a podcast that I'm saying is going too long. And what am I doing? I'm looking up Blaine Perkins. All right, Bakersfield, California, part of that Bakersfield sound, right? That one-two beat. Come on, get to know about the Bakersfield sound, right? Buck Owens? What you know about no Buck Owens? All right, we look up the, you know, I got one Camping World Truck Series race. Blaine got eight Xfinity Series races. Maybe it was Xfinity Series we were looking at. Uh, he didn't get the wins. Who am I looking at then? Well, I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. I'm thinking of another guy in the West Coast Series. I'm the worst fantasy NASCAR analyst ever. Who was I thinking about? We know what's going to happen now. I got to look up this ARCA guy and see who it was I was thinking of. I think it was Utah was the track. Utah, make it two. You know what that, you know what that reference is from? Johnny Utah. I'm using the wrong browser. So now it's not going to... Let me control F. Holy Lord, the whole thing's falling apart. What are we going to do? Uh, we're going to look it up in another browser. That's what we're going to do. Unbelievable. Worst podcast ever. What did Blaine Perkins do, by the way? I want to look that up. Since I am here. Blaine Perkins... Did he have any good races? He had a top 10 at Kentucky, Chicago. Those are way, I don't know. Let me look up this Utah kid. Oh, this Utah race is even pulling up. That's awesome. I hate this world. Thanks for joining me. I know the podcast is falling apart, but, you know, whatever. I don't care. Brett Holmes. It can't be Brett Holmes that won that Utah race, was it? I don't even know the name of that Utah track. No, I don't want Arca regular. I want Arca West. And of course, it's not going to pull up Arca West stats. It's just going to give me Arca crap. I can't tell you how frustrated I am right now. This whole podcast just fell apart. 
absolutely fell apart because of my desire to look up stupid ARCA races. Taylor Gray, Blaine Perkins. It wasn't Blaine Perkins. Yeah, it was. Oh, there it is. Hey, hey, maybe I was right. Maybe I was right. Maybe it didn't, look, it didn't pull up because I was looking at ARCA. I was looking at ARCA, not ARCA West. Blaine Perkins, ARCA West. Got to win at Tool. I think it's Tool. I don't even know how to say it. Okay, I know everything, but I don't know how to say Tool. You are a Tool. Yes, he won at Tool, which is a Utah road course. And he won at Evergreen and Douglas County. He got these ARCA West wins. I am the greatest fantasy NASCAR analyst ever! I'm so happy with myself. I knew it was Blaine Perkins. Now, why are we even talking about that? It just has some talent. At least he was winning races over there in Arca West. What's that Moffat done? Lawless Allen. We'll see. We'll see. I think, is he a late model kid? He's had interesting moments. Or was he the road course kid that Kyle Busch gave a ride to? I can't remember. We'll see in practice. Matt Mills at 5,100 and Randy Young. That's my chalk play of the week. I like that. I didn't even know. I'm looking at this stuff for the first time. I think Matt Mills is a talented driver that's always held back by his BJ McLeod equipment and not having tires. And that's way too cheap of a price. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a change and a challenge to shift to this other truck. But this is a good truck for Matt Mills. I love it. Timmy Hill, I love it. I Everybody buckle up. All right, ready for Brandon Cruz to talk about Timmy Hill like a madman. Okay, so that's going to happen this week. Timmy Hill, I like Matt Mills. I like Timmy Hill. But if I had to put money on um, who Cruz is going to spend 50% of his podcast talking about, you know it's going to be Timmy. He loves Timmy Hill. He cannot help himself. And when I saw the news that Timmy Hill was being replaced by Joe Graff, I immediately thought, oh, God. Cruz is going to lose it. Cruz is going to lose his mind now. And he's actually pretty calm and controlled. He was, uh, I thought that we would get this giant diatribe on Twitter about him being absolutely infuriated by how it's unfair that Joe Graff just bought the ride from Timmy Hill and Timmy Hill was going to have this great week. And he just, he mentioned it. He accepted it. He's growing. He is growing. Whereas I'm becoming more of a lunatic, he's becoming more sane and reasonable. So yin and yang here. Uh, you know, and if you want a part of that yin yang, patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, raceforthepride.com. That's where you can get access to the spreadsheet. Matt Jaskel, I didn't know that they're going to have two trucks. Spencer Boyd at 4,700. Typically, Spencer Boyd outside of the plate tracks in the young truck, he was around 28th and was not the truck of the garage for the young stable. But given that, as I've mentioned several times, this Las Vegas race has and can be very hairy given the extreme drafting that can take place in this race and the wrecks that can happen, especially on restarts. Uh, I mean, you if you haven't, if you've watched Las Vegas, you know how this plays out, how these cars can really hook up at Las Vegas and how the restarts can get really hairy. I mean, you, you've seen the Cup Series, I would be, I would imagine. You're familiar with all those high downforce, low horsepower restarts in the Cup Series. You may not really, and you've seen a lot every year, right? All the intermediate tracks. So you're really familiar with that. You may not necessarily recall Las Vegas. Well, Las Vegas is the same dynamic, the same aerodynamic. And so you, it probably doesn't jump in your head. Now, when you watch a couple of races on YouTube, you watch some clips like, oh, yeah, I remember this style of racing. So it's the Cup Series, and you take it up a notch with the way that the era works, the way that the drafting works, and the way that they're going to fan out on the restarts, which just really lends itself to wrecks and wrecking around other trucks. And, yeah, so if that's the case, 
then Spencer Boyd is in play. I like these guys better. Maybe you can leverage here. Uh, you're probably going to end up playing. Hate to tell you this, folks, but in the truck series. Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR podcast, by the way. I did a podcast specifically on this. That's right. I did a specific 2019 podcast dedicated to the one and the only triple punt. The triple punt. The triple punt is live this week. Are you ready for the triple punt? Are you ready? Because if you want Kyle Busch, you be triple punting. If you want to roster even John Hunter Nemechek, you be triple punting. We be triple punting. We're all triple punting. I'm sorry. There's no other way around it. And it's not that crazy given the fact that I started the podcast telling you there will be wrecks. There will be attrition points. There will be restart madness. And you're going to have value. So guess what I was talking about when I said there was going to be value? You're going to be able to afford Kyle Busch, he said. Because he knew at the beginning, little to you, that you be triple button, whether you like it or not. Look at the past optimal lineups. Watch that podcast, wherever it is. Watch that YouTube video, wherever it is. Maybe I'll dig it out and link it at Race for the Prize. Got to make a note to do that. Well, I go to my whiteboard, so if you're listening on Amazon or Apple or Spotify or Podbean on the website, I am now holding a, a dry erase marker, and I'm going to exit the screen to go over to my whiteboard. And on my whiteboard, I'm going to say link optimal to website. So I'll try to remind myself of the million things I have to do to get that up so that you can watch the podcast where I break down the previous optimal lineups with Kyle Bush and maybe the triple punt podcast, whatever it is, if I can find it. But you're going to triple punt. Accept it. Accept it. Know it. Believe it. Um, Dean Thompson. 4,600 for now on East Truck. Why not? Lori Hesemans. I want to see. I know it was announced. Who is Hesemans with this week? What truck is it? I got to pull it up. It was announced later. I'm sure that Cruz knows. I can't pull it up off the top of my head. Uh, I can pull it up if I go over here. I believe that Hesemans is in actually halfway decent equipment. We have seen him race. He's a Euro Euro NASCAR guy. They run mainly road courses, but it's still stock car, and he has plenty of experience. He got some experience in Xfinity last season. So a guy with experience, $4,500. In a race with a bunch of wrecks, it's not hard to triple punt. That's a decent pool right here to pull from. And you want to expand it. Actually, all these guys sub $6,000, I will be all over. And I know Cruz, Cruz will probably do a podcast where he simply just goes into more detail with these guys. And I'm here for it. Can't wait to watch that. Hopefully he gets it out and we can spend plenty of time on that. That's uh, encourage him to do that. Tell him, hey, give me a six under 6K podcast now. Uh, Hesemans is in a Rayoon truck. Um, So... Rayoon Brother Racing. That'll do it here. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for watching these podcasts and listening to these podcasts and liking and subscribing and leaving the feedback and the comments and sharing and retweeting me and retweeting these videos and clicking the share button on these videos and subscribing to my channel and Brandon Cruz's channel and to considering supporting the Patreon. It's the beginning of the month, 40 bucks. You get all of the action in March. Pretty exciting times. Pretty exciting times. It's going to be a lot of special stuff. Hopefully it helps you out. I think it's definitely, I know it's definitely worth the money. I know the time and effort I put in. Right. The guy that, I mean, if I know all this stuff about Blaine Perkins, don't you want that knowledge? Don't you think that kind of knowledge is worth paying for? Unless you want to do all this stuff yourself. 
You don't want to do all this stuff yourself. So go to raceforthprize.com or patreon.com slash DFS. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot C-O-M slash B-R-A-N-D-O-N-C-R-U-Z-D-F-S. Sign up. Start supporting this thing. Start supporting us. And if you're getting weird, which you don't have time to get weird. You don't have time. You need to do the homework. You need to watch the podcast. You need to do your research. But when Friday's in the books, when Saturday's in the books, when Sunday's in the books, maybe you got some time after the AEW pay-per-view for life, you go to, you can always go to DFS notes, but you go to my blog, The Constrained Vision, my baby. I love this stuff. Probably not for everybody. There's your disclaimer. There's your warning. Like, this is too weird. I don't get it. I don't get it. Then click away. But some of you will get it. Some of you will like it and will be entertained or will get an education. But it's not for everybody. Some of you you stay in safe territory. Don't go off the bed. Never leave the boat. Never leave the boat unless you want to get eaten by a tiger in the jungle like Chief or chef. Is it chef or chief? He is a chef, but I think they call him chief. Never never get off the boat. So some of you don't get off the boat. Other you, yeah, it's okay to leave the reservation. Find some other stuff to do. But for about 95% of you, just stay at raceforthprize.com. It's comfortable. It's safe here. Uh, Patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Again, I can't tell you how happy I am. We are that, I think we're like, 3,000 downloads from 100,000. We're going to get there, right? I will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst, and I will be a top-selling Amazon author. Let's trip the lights. Fantastic. Here we go. Enjoy Vegas, baby.